I'm a different person now. I try to act different. I try to be kind. And it just didn't work. It was an overall change for me when you finally get to the point where you just say you've had enough. And for me, like I said, it takes some kind of outside influence most of the time. It's hard to do on your own. The Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within Nation. This is Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things nutrition, fitness, and health related. I'm your host, Brandon Woolley, joined by my co-host and producer, Joe Woolworth. Hello. And today's guest is a gentleman named Adam Lee. Adam Lee is a husband and a father of four. When he's not changing diapers or keeping his six-year-old from wiping boogers on the wall, he's trying to find babysitters to spend quality time with his wife, Meredith. He works at Hope Community Church as the production team event coordinator, which is a fancy way of saying he runs sound, coordinates with groups who want to use the spaces at the three campuses and around the triangle for events. Adam loves riding motorcycles, building furniture, and buying his wife purses. He's traveled all over the world, but still prefers the world at Epcot Center. He has somewhere around 15 tattoos. His favorite show is The Office, and he would rather sit at home on a Friday night. So welcome, Adam. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. Awesome, man. So we actually had a clip from The Office on our last episode, Kelly Kapoor with her lemon cayenne water fast. Oh, yeah. That was a rough one. That was good stuff. That was right around when the office started getting bad. It took a little dip. Yeah. <laughs> Season eight. That was yeah. the end. Yeah. Well, it got kind of weird when Will, Will Ferrell stepped in. <laughs> you you thought all these people they were bringing on that it would have just blown up right. and just added to it. was terrible. Still love the show, though. Yeah. I'll still watch it once a year all the way through. <laughs> Speaking of shows, I, uh, I've found the greatest show of all time. Yeah. You know, I found out about it from a guy who's in my small group. And he was a little weary about telling me about it. And it's about mega churches. It's called the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I've seen I saw one episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Have you seen it, Joe? I haven't, but Josh, uh, who's a co-host on a yeah. podcast I do, says it's awesome. It's, it's absolutely wild. Awesome and terrible <laughs> all combined. But working at a church... I laughed so hard. I mean, I have the church in mind that it's geared after. It has to be geared after. I don't know if I can say it. Probably. I probably can't. Yeah. It's Joel Alstein. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. I've been trying to get my dad to watch it. He's the pastor at a big church around here. And I wonder uh, if Joel Alstein has seen it. I'm sure he has. His I'm staff sure is like so just mad. laughing behind his oh, back. Yeah. And like, have you seen that? He Pastor Joel? Yeah, he would be so mad. <laughs> it's a great it's show. It's out there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, mid-30s. I actually have a birthday coming up. I don't know if it's it's on the 29th, so it's coming up pretty quick. But yeah, you know, when you guys reached out to me about coming on here and about transformation, first of all, yeah, I... I feel very honored that y'all thought about me, Joe, but I I definitely transformed my life, I'd say, the last few years. Joe has known me for quite a while, but I used to be a great big fat person. and um, Hey, me too. Yeah. I was a huge drug addict and alcoholic and lonely and single and getting divorces left and right. 
And uh, just living a terrible life. Model citizen. Yeah. yeah. I, I say all the time that there's some reason that God kept me alive through all that. Because I was just, I was a walking nightmare. <laughs> well, you're a pastor's son, so it yeah, makes sense. I guess I fit you, the, you fit the mold. Yeah. I um, So I met my wife about five years ago. I'd say I'm really bad with time. That could be way off. But it was around then. <laughs> I actually met her through church. I met her on Instagram. And that didn't work out the few times that I had met anyone else on there before. But I met Meredith, and she had just come to know the Lord on Easter Sunday, I think, six years ago. So when we met, it was great. But she pointed out pretty quickly that I had some issues just as a friend that I had to deal with. And I had gotten, you know, my share of DUIs and stuff in the past. But really what kind of stemmed all my progress was I stopped drinking. And that slowly but surely got everything else out of my life. I started, I'm the kind of guy where if I start doing something, I start doing it like I, I put all my effort into it. So I started losing about 10 pounds a month. Wow. And I just, I would eat celery instead of, instead of meals. I miss you always having celery. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have celery, baby carrots. I mean, Joe knew me. We were working together at the time where I would just walk around with a bag of celery constantly. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I consumed a lot of celery. When I stopped <laughs> eating that much celery, there was definitely, the, the celery industry definitely felt it. <laughs> Your stock <laughs> fell. Like, what is going on in America? Yeah. But yeah, I ate a ton of celery and baby carrots and things that just had a lot of water in them. And I started seeing weight come off. And honestly, I lost probably around 120. My wife would say it was more. But I lost a lot of weight pretty quickly. And everyone that I ran into thought I had had, I don't know what that's surgery. Lap band surgery. Lap band surgery. Like, yeah. yeah, and they would, you know, they would be like, how are you doing? How was the surgery? And <laughs> I, just, I had no idea what they were talking about. It's kind of like asking a woman, how's the baby? And they're right. like, <laughs> how far along it's are you? It's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, and Meredith would have to be like, babe, they thought you had the surgery, but... Yeah, it was a complete transformation. I was at the point where I was just fat, unhappy, drinking all the time to mask it, no children. And I met Meredith, and she had already she had three kids of her own. We have an 18-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 6-year-old. She just had a birthday. And we have a 2-year-old together. My wife's not like a gilf or anything like that. She had a dog. It's wait, a, wait, 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 a gilf? Uh, I, I mean, I, can't, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, I, just, I don't know what the G is in this thing. Grandma. Grandma. Yeah. Gotcha. She's not very old. I was thinking, girl? Okay. Yeah. No, she's my age. Yeah, we're going to oh, leave yeah. this in. You just yes. didn't want her to feel like, you didn't want everybody to think she was really old. Right. I yes. tell people, no, I don't she's, tell people. She, um, <laughs> she had a daughter very, very young in high school. And is a good enough of a woman to keep her. And then met a guy and, you know, had our son Christian. She was still pretty young and wasn't a believer, but definitely believed in keeping kids and had some morality. So I'm so grateful for that. And we have, we have our older kids who are fantastic. My daughter is a waitress around here. I'm actually going to have lunch with her after this. But uh, son is at ECU. That's where I went. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's a great kid. He's not the um, typical typical party animal that runs over there. And then our six year old is great. I pretty much have raised her since she was one. And then her dad's been out of the picture. And then we have Judah. He's two. And so 
I went from having nothing really, no reason to be proud, and to meeting this incredible woman, having these kids. The kids just immediately just were drawn to me and became that dad in that role and had to figure out how to do that. But lost all the weight, stopped drinking. I can say that, you know, I've been sober for quite a while now, and I'm thankful for that. And it, it really was crazy. It was um, when you see, said that Phoenix, I got all excited. I heard that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's what. Aren't Phoenix, aren't they like made of fire? Yeah, yeah Firebird, yeah. Is that what they sound like? Well, Did I, you go well, out first and of record all, they're, one? They're not real. Oh, well, what do you so, mean, Joe? It was tough to get a tough to get an actual recording. It's not real, too. So, I'm going to say this. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but this is a story. So I was playing that game where you get a card and you have to describe it and people have to guess. I don't know what that like charades Cards or against Maybe. humanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you throw your funniest answer. Yeah, so yeah. I was... um. I was playing, I don't, this fits along with, you'll see how this ties together. So I was playing and I got uh, this card and I was telling him, I was like, all right, well, you know, used to be around a long time ago. They're kind of like a horse. They have a horn in their head. They're extinct now. And my buddy was like, dude, I think you're talking about unicorns, but you know that they were never real. <laughs> um, for some reason, I thought that unicorns, I didn't know about the flying thing and all of that. That came along. <laughs> But I thought they were just horses with horns in their head, which isn't that far off. I mean, like some kind have, of land bound. I mean, like, yeah, we have like animals. rhinos and yeah. stuff. They're just whatever. Well, deer. Horns yeah. in them. <laughs> this is a couple of years ago. I've wised up since then. But you mentioned the phoenixes were, <laughs> and I wasn't a hundred percent sure. That, There's one that in wasn't Harry just Potter. Like some yeah. kind of bird. There's also a Saturday Night Live bit where they have a Tom Petty look alike, and, yeah. and uh, she likes horse or unicorns, calls them horny horses. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's good stuff. So they only rise up through ashes, though. That's the thing. Why? Yeah. Why are they so tied in with change? Well, because what happens is, in order to achieve their new form, they actually almost die, turn to ash, and then from the ash they arise in That new. is a good story. Yeah. That's good for them. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> good <for laughs> so yeah, that's where I was. I love being a dad. I honestly, I love being a husband. I thought I was just at the point where I was just bound to be alone and and childless, and I never thought that I would love being a father. And I just absolutely, I adore it. I find my identity with Christ, but it's shortly after husband and and father. So it's been a big change for me. What's the strangest thing that was flushed down the toilet, but with your youngest? Oh. Yeah. Like take your- I was trying to figure out how that had to do with my weight loss. <laughs> In the context. Oh, <laughs> Just cutting pieces off. No, I am uh, sorry. <laughs> the strangest thing. They don't flush a lot down the toilet, yeah. honestly. My six-year-old, she's a girl. She, uh, she'll do some gross things. She actually <laughs> has this weird thing where she, flush, she will flush in a crazy amount of toilet paper. <laughs> down the toilet to where she was clogging toilets everywhere. And we have a lot of toilets, but every single one of them she was clogging. And we had to go through and I had to explain like, all right, well, this is the amount of toilet paper you need to use. And I mean, we were going through toilet paper like you would not believe. She does that. And then we find spots where she'll hide Kleenexes. So at night she'll blow her nose a hundred times. Oh, man. Yeah, she's got a lick of something in her where she's doing this. So we had to explain to her, you know, you can't do that. So we'd find boogers and Kleenexes all throughout her room. She has little spots for it. So that's probably the only weird thing. <laughs> right. going on around. 
Our son's kind of caged up all the time. You know, he's one and a half, two and a Yeah, almost two. So he's always in some kind of crib or we have a gate up so he doesn't get around much. Yeah. He's very into shutting doors. Any door that's open, he needs to go over and shut it. So yeah. you know, <laughs> that's about but Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about Aside from celery, what other components of your weight loss journey were there? I mean, yeah. is there a significant mental component as well? So I just started putting, I would say I just, I challenged myself more. I didn't sleep in as much. I made sure to get up. I, I took care of myself spiritually. I made time to read. And then I walked a lot. Uh, I know that doesn't sound big, but... When you're walking, you're not doing things like eating. So I, I walked probably 20,000 steps a day. That's probably what I average. We were talking before about having a dog. That's one of the reasons I love having a dog is it forces me to go outside. And so I walked a lot. My wife bought me this thing called the Perfect Push-Up. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she bought it. She wanted me to look like the guy in the infomercial. That <laughs> She's just watching TV. She's like, mm. yeah. She wants a trophy. She's husband. just like, what was oh, the- that's easy. I can get that if I order this. And so. What was um, the timeline? I'm curious. When you started losing weight, did you start dating Meredith when you were still a big boy? Yeah. And she claims that that really didn't affect her, which is weird because my wife is super vain. <laughs> everyone that Man, she shots no, fired. No, everyone that she'll say it to. Everyone like, that she knows was like, "Hey, he's a big fat guy. Are you, are you sure that you want to be with this guy?" It was like she really <laughs> didn't see it, and you know, we just. That's right. I remember a photo of you guys like on a first date. You showed me on your phone, and you were you were big. I was much. Yeah, I was like, four of her. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, Get we went to belly. a movie and we sat in one of those like. Double right, seat things. Right. It was super romantic. <laughs> we barely fit. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I walked a lot. I did a lot of those power press push-ups because I wanted to get there where I could finally do the the form, not the form, the program they sent. It was on this card. It was like yeah. do 19 of these and do 50 of these, and it was just a crazy amount of push-ups. So. Um, I never, st- I still can't do it, but I did a lot of push-ups. I have some free weights that I lifted. So I just made sure that in the morning I got up, I didn't sleep in, I wasn't lazy. I made time every day to do something. Uh, I worked out. I made sure to walk when I didn't feel like walking. Mentally, yeah, like I said, I just put time in to, to read and everything else. Wow. Now, did you ever still feel tempted during this whole process? Like, how when, when there's all these foods that you're used to around you, how do how do you say no to them? I think that all goes back to just my mentality. I I knew how much it would set me back. Like, if I went to Conky, I love the hibachi places. Joe will tell you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like a, pure MSG covered yeah, with some kind of strange terrible. sauce. You yeah. feel it, man. <laughs> we uh, there's a place over there we call uh, it's it's Kabuki. Kabo- that's yeah, not yeah, yeah, that's uh, right no, up the street it is. from yeah. Buck Jones. Yeah, everyone calls it Kapoopy that yeah. works at the church. Well, I call so. it something else, but we won't. <laughs> they, um, but they do the noodles and the rice. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a big difference. But to fly. But only yeah. at dinner. You don't get yeah. the noodles at lunch. Oh, they okay. trick you. But yeah, if if I felt tempted, I just would go back to I, I'd know how much, how many steps that I had to take to work this off. But no, I, honestly, I, I just think that I was so zoned in on losing weight and doing the right thing and 
really just had you know my day kind of planned out before I started that I didn't want to mess it up. So yeah. yeah, I wasn't one of those guys that would get tempted and you would find candy wrappers in the closet and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, there's times where yeah, I definitely would go out and cheat and eat burgers and stuff like that, but. I still pretty much lost the weight because, you know, I had such a big pile of doing the right thing on this side comparatively that kind of evened out. Yeah. I try and coach 80-20. Okay. Um, I think that's yeah. a pretty good. For most people, that's sustainable. Do you feel like you're in that range or was it more like 95 it was, Yeah, it was, poor, it was more like probably 90-10 for yeah. me. But <laughs> I honestly, I lost a lot of weight and it was, it was pretty quick. I felt like if I was going to do it, I was going to do it quickly. Because I saw the results, you know, and I just thought, wow, that's awesome that that is something that I'm capable of doing. And as I went, I mean, I went from, a, gosh, 44 pants down to, I wear a what, 31, no, yeah. something like that. So as my pants started going down, I just wasn't happy with a 36 for my height. You know, I'm only 5'9 or something like that. So I saw that there was still a lot of work to do, and I wanted to, I wanted to get it done as quickly as possible. Yeah. Now, tell us about what a typical day would have looked like when you're 120 pounds heavier eating-wise, and then what it would look like today. So let's start with the old one. Yeah, first of all, the biggest thing was at night. Do I have to start at breakfast? Do I have to start at <laughs> Sure. I don't know the rules. Yeah, I'll start at breakfast. I was never a breakfast guy. Honestly, there were times if I, if I ate, I'd stop at like Bojangles and I would get fries and like, you can order a dark dinner at Bojangles in the morning. What just, is a dark dinner? Just fat guy secrets. So <laughs> huh? You can get fried chicken. Like you don't have to get a biscuit. You can get anything on their menu. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can get legs and thighs and fried chicken in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I would get if I was going to get breakfast. But I really didn't eat a lot of breakfast. Lunchtime, that's where I thrived. So I would go to Kabuki. They actually, they love me at Kabuki. If I walk in there, they like clear, clear the tables out. They give me a special room because I went to Kabuki so much. And this is probably, they're probably going to not like that this is going on a podcast, but Kabuki is so bad for you. That food is way too much for one person to eat. Yeah. I was going there two or three times a week. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. I would need like a forklift to get me out of there. I seriously it's did. It's so good. So it was, yeah, it's, it was really, really good. So I'd eat there at lunch or anywhere I went, I would look at the menu. I'd try to find the biggest thing on the menu. Even if I didn't really like that, like I would always look for the biggest amount of food. Because there was so much comfort that I found in food. Again, when I was that big, I, str I really struggled with depression. You know, and so it was so mental for me. So I'd eat the biggest thing I could for anywhere I went. I'd, if I went somewhere with like fries and a drink, I'd always try to upsize it. It was just like super yeah. unhealthy and unneeded amount of food. Now, do you think there's something in your life that stemmed that depression that preceded the weight gain? Yeah, so I had gone through a divorce eight years ago, probably. But before that, I was drinking heavily. And so I think it was just the choices that I made because of my addiction that I really, I knew. And, and if you asked me then, I wouldn't have said I was depressed. I was one of those big, jolly, fat guys that would just say, you know, hey, this is who I am. Like, I don't need anybody. I don't need a wife. And 
I'm good like this, but inside it was terrible. I was dying. So I, I think it was just a lot of bad decisions that yeah. I knew that at that time, if you would have asked me, I would have said, oh, it's because, you know, there's my ex-wife was a bitch and she left me and all this stuff. But honestly, I think that at the end of the day, I knew that I was the culprit and I just carried that around with me in my decision making. So the divorce preceded the drinking and the drugs and things like that? Or? It definitely got heavier. Yeah. So I was married super young. I was I got my first wife. So I've been married. This is my third marriage. The first one since I've decided to make these changes and my marriage is actually, it's absolutely incredible. But I was married super young at 20 and she was a heavy alcoholic. I really wasn't, you know, I would drink from time to time. I was the guy in high school that drank and was kind of party animal, but not like that. And she was a heavy alcoholic, heavy, heavy. And it just got me into that pattern. Yeah. You know, the hard thing with being somebody who will go all out for things, will go all out for losing weight, will go all out for growing spiritually, will grow all out with being a good husband and buying purses <laughs> is, you know, it can go the other way too. Yeah. So I started developing these patterns and just going all out with alcohol, going all out with drugs, going all, whatever I get my hands on, whether it was pills, weed, anything, yeah. you know, I've tried it. So I just started developing patterns and I didn't have somebody around me, you know, family will always tell you, Hey, don't do that. But I didn't have, God hadn't sent me that right person for me to think like, all right, well, they're actually caring and loving enough for me to stop doing this. I had a lot of people tell me chill out, but I just thought this is who I am. So I started developing the patterns really, really early and they just grew. You know, any addict will tell you that what you drank 10 years ago would not suffice for what you need to drink now to get that same high. And so I drank more and more and, and back to what just my day looked like. It was the biggest thing on the menu. At dinner, it was a crazy amount of takeout from Chinese food. That was my jam. I would get Chinese food, something. If I went to the grocery store, I'd get like a family amount of food, and I'd, I'd eat that always by myself, usually at dinner. And then I would drink until I passed out. I was just so unhappy with my life that alcohol was a thing that could make me go to sleep. If you just said, hey, go to sleep, I couldn't. There's no way I'd sleep. So that's why I drink so much. The The thing I drank the most was this thing called, I don't even know if they still make it, but I'm sure they do. It's this beer called Steel Reserve. Or I would just drink straight liquor, you know, no, no mixers, anything like that. But there's beer called Steel Reserve. And I looked up the, the calories on that thing, like now that I've lost all the weight. And it's crazy. It was like the amount that I was drinking, I was drinking 3,000 calories a day at least. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just in beer. Just in beer, yeah. Man. And the sugar that's in that and just like, that's really what was making me get. Was that a corn-based beer? Do you, do you happen to remember? Or wheat, maybe? It was like yeah. trash-based. It was the, <laughs> it's that just beer that's garbage. just like, you can get a, a gallon for 49 yeah. cents. Yeah. Well, So if I remember correctly, and we may have to verify, I think around 3,500 calories equates to one pound. So you're adding a pound to your body almost every day of just pure beer. Now, I mean, I remember waking up and jeans that I wore the day before wouldn't fit. Like wow. it just the so amount that I was eating. Inflammation and bloat and then yeah, more, more weight gain. Yeah. yeah. 
That's that pretty was wild. gross. Now, today, are you absolutely abstinent from alcohol, or is it just more controlled? Oh, no, I don't drink at all. At all? And then... I, I've realized that if I start drinking, it's not yeah. a good not a good thing now, for me. Now, I've had a lot of alcoholism in my family. Was AA involved at all? Or yeah, was, I still you know? go to AA from time to time. Yeah. I definitely had... To, I actually went to a 90-day treatment facility, and it was good. It was great for me. It was super humbling. Because it was a really hard decision for me to do. You know, I'm a grown man and thought that I could control it. And I learned I really couldn't. I, I learned a lot about myself in that treatment facility. Wow. Um, 90 to, days, man. Yeah, it was rough. No, sorry, it wasn't 90 days. It was a, it was a 28 day. Okay. <laughs> Felt like 90. Oh, thank you, 90 Felt days. Like 90. That's your two options. You have a 28 day and a 90 day. Sorry, I wasn't thinking. 28 days, pretty much a month. Did it help me? I, I wasn't the guy that got in there and was like, dude, I can't, you know, function. I need medication. I'm losing my, you know, coordination skills. I, I wasn't addicted. I didn't come off of anything like that. But it was 28 days where it sucked and I was away from the people I loved. And, dude, I I just, I had time where I could just focus and, and learn about myself, honestly. And then I did AA. I did my 90 and 90, which is basically you go to 90 meetings in 90 days, pretty much a meeting every day, which is super hard to do when you have a full-time job, and you have family, you have, you know, everything else going on. But you can either get a pamphlet, which has meetings in the area every day, or you get like, you go online and look them up and there's meetings everywhere. But you go to a meeting, and some days it sucks. Most days it sucks, honestly. But I did that, and I'm grateful for that. And then I, I don't go every day now, but I try to go, you know, and when I can. And I have friends that I've met in those meetings, and I have a sponsor that I talk to a lot. So that's pretty much my—I'll I'll always love AA. You know, there's times where I'll tell my wife, hey— I need to get to a meeting today, just if I'm having a bad day. But AA is a program that is incredible, is full of loving people that have no ulterior motives, and it's free to people that need help, and I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been abstinent from alcohol at this point? Mm, so I had a little bit of a hiccup. I drank once uh, It was over a year ago. I don't know the exact time. It's been it's been about a year and a half, and uh, before that, it was another year and a half or so. So it's probably been I'd say I drank once in the past three years. I'd say before that, it was really just a, a time of me having to figure out like, all right, well, you know, I can't use this to cope, and I had you know quit drinking every day for sure, but there were definitely times where. I was still trying to sneak it and do things like that. It was a really hard thing for me to do. I drank since I was, you know, 16. And so to take that out of my life was a super tough thing to do. And so I was trying to do it on my own. I would say until I went to that 28-day program, that really was the thing that made me think I never want to come here again. And my wife is super supportive. So she's been with you through that whole process. Yeah, she yeah. does not take any shit, and, and she does not pull any punches. She is a a bulldog when it comes to me being sober. Yeah. She will not allow it, and honestly, it saved my life. I had a lot of loving people around me who told me alcohol was bad, 
But honestly, nobody that I love my parents, I love my family, nobody that it mattered enough to me to lose until I met my wife. So, you know, I lost wives before that until God put this lady in my life. I mean, it really didn't stop me from doing anything. And now, like, I look back on it and I think, gosh, like, I don't know how I could live that way again. It's a different thing for different people. You got to get that th- that one thing where it's it's either some people it's just they get tired of it one day, but most people it'll take something else where they think, all right, well I can't lose this. Whether it's a job that you started and you realize that your alcohol or your drugs are getting in the way of that, or whether it's you know a family, whether it's a child that you have a little baby. My kids, I have these stepsons and or I have a stepson and two stepdaughters and they're awesome. And I love them, but I tell you what, having a baby with this woman that I love and being in that process and watching that child be brought into this earth, that'll change it. So it's just a combination of stuff. My wife, if she thinks I've been drinking, she'll, she'll tell me. And uh, <laughs> as somebody who's drank a lot and has lied to her before, you end up just having to put up with a lot of questioning. You learn that, all right, well, they have the right to do that. It sucks because you want to just say, no, like, I'm not drinking. Like, leave me alone. But it definitely is part of the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think a lot of our, our listeners either themselves or, or know somebody who's struggled with, you know, I think alcohol addiction is very prevalent. Yeah. What piece of advice would you tell them to get started of getting clean with that? I would, the easiest thing to do, honestly, is just hit a meeting. It can seem super scary and overwhelming, but I'm telling you, the people that are in these meetings are people who are there, number one, to stay clean, stay sober, but want to, a close second, want to help people who are dealing with the same shit they did. I have never been to a meeting where I thought, these these people should not be in here. I have seen tons of new people come in and just be loved i mean sometimes it's too much love like i there i've been to meetings where i've you know i've been clean for a while and and i'll go into a meeting and people think i'm just getting clean (laughs) they will come up and hug you and want to and it's just like just back off come on (laughs) but um they and the people in these meetings i've been involved in church for a long time And the people in these meetings will make you rethink if you're a believer and you go to church and you've seen that, what you think about love. Like, they do it the right way. And it's a selfless thing. But I would say, get to a meeting, honestly. It's easy to start from there. They'll tell you how to do it. They'll come alongside you. And the things that come from it, man, are great. Like, the weight loss, the stuff like that, the stuff that just happens. Because, man, or, you know, the weight gain, for a lot of people. Right. You know, right. You Especially have a, if there's like cocaine or anything like yeah, that. Involved. But yeah, but you have a lot of alcoholics who that's all that's all they'll they'll put in their body and they'll lose a ton of weight and they look sickly as hell. The weight gain, just the health that'll come, that's a big change for a lot of people. But yeah, man, get to a meeting and they'll tell you what to do. They'll ask you if it's your first meeting and it's easy steps from there. 
Yeah, I did want to take a minute and just let the listeners know, you know, the affiliate group is Al-Anon and that's for the family members. Yeah. Because sometimes the, you know, the person with the drinking issue isn't willing to go. But Al-Anon's for the families and that can give you a whole new life and outlet. They have their own meetings. They have a kind of like a committee type and so you can get involved with that, go to conferences, and it's just a tremendous amount of support. So even if the person with the issue in your family isn't willing to go, there's a huge support network for the family itself. Yeah, I, um, my dad went. He probably dealt with me the hardest. He, he went a, probably a handful of times. It was super helpful for him, especially when I was in that 28-day thing. But gosh, it, uh, Al-Anon is so helpful. I've heard stories of people that are married to addicts that have gone to Al-Anon for 40 years, stuff like that. And again, if you've been living with somebody who's struggling with that, ugh, yeah, you're correct. Al-Anon is incredible for them. Good stuff. So we'll link that in the show notes for sure. All right. So we've talked a little bit about you overcoming, you know, the alcoholism. We've talked about your weight loss, right? Before we were trying to get that picture of what today looks like now yeah 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 so what do you want what uh, do you want to know breakfast lunch dinner what are your oh, okay what's my do day you, look do you, like do you exercise yeah so i wake up usually between six probably around six uh, i'd say sometimes 5 45 get up before my kids get up because they're crazy <laughs> so i get up pretty early my wife is a sleeper, so she'll sleep in. But I get up, I go downstairs. I've got some weights in my garage and push-ups. I've, I'm dealing with this bad back thing right now, so it's kind of hard to do. But I make it a point to get up. I start the coffee. I get down there. I lift some weights. I do some push-ups. I'll, I'll take uh, the dog out, feed it, get up, read my Bible for about 30 minutes, then I take my dog on a walk. I take my dog for a walk like four times a day. And I go out for, you know, 20, 25 minutes. I walk a lot. I don't do a lot of running. I think it's terrible. And honestly, I'm able to keep the weight off just with doing the stuff that, that I do. I'll either pack a lunch or go somewhere. I honestly, since I've lost this weight, I don't know if this is a good thing, but my um, metabolism is crazy. So I can pretty much eat what I want to. Uh, you know, I'll eat pizza. My wife makes fun of me because I'm such a slob. But since <laughs> I've lost this weight, I can eat whatever I want. The biggest thing for me was cutting out alcohol, I think. Yeah. And um, my body, it, I, I weigh around 168, 170, somewhere in there. And, man, I'll go on a cruise and I'll get up to 171. But um, <laughs> Everybody hates you right now. Right? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and I know it won't last forever. But, honestly, I I terribly. And then, you know, there's times where I'll skip meals and stuff like that, for sure. There's times where I'll eat salads, yeah. But there's definitely more times where I'll eat a lot of pizza and a burger with fries and stuff like that. And like, Halloween was crazy for me. I ate a lot of candy, man. We had three bowls of candy, and my wife tasked me with sitting and handing out candy at the door. I had my phone, and I was watching Goliath. You ever seen that show? No, I hadn't. Oh, it's on Showtime. It's Billy Bob Thornton. So good. <laughs> um, you should watch that show if you're listening. Anyways, I ate a bowl and a half of candy just sitting there. and So I can eat terribly now, but I think with my body now getting down to the size it should be in a healthy weight— 
and me making sure that I'm diligent and taking care of it and walking and doing the things that I need to do to stay, you know, strong and, and everything else. And I mean, I'm constantly moving. I would say that if, if I'm at work, I'm walking, I'm going, I can't sit down. If I'm at home, I'm cleaning, I'm doing something. And so I think just not being lazy, you know, just not sitting around is a big thing for me that I've seen. And yeah, movement is so important. You know, we had David Allen on episode five talking about a snacks program that just has to do with even five minute bouts of movement. I actually advocate walking over running. Um, yeah. I used to be a marathon runner. And during that time, I had knee surgery. Yeah. I had shin splints. I had I was at the ortho at least once a month. Yeah. Just horrendous for my body. Mm. I'm grateful that it taught me, um, you know, tolerance to exercise. But so I, I think it's perfect that you're walking. And, and for our listeners, I, I think walking is one of the best things you could do, especially outside. Another great reason to get a dog, like you mentioned, uh, you're getting that UV ray, which helps with depression because it'll boost vitamin D, which is a precursor to serotonin. You're getting that exposure to the outdoors. You're getting lymph fluid moving so that you could detoxify your body. And there's a great deal of detoxification that comes when you're getting off alcohol and things like that. So some of these small things, I don't know if you've thought about it, but it's like the perfect recipe for what you need to do. And these are all doable. It's just more movement. Right. Yeah. It's not like you have to go do CrossFit every day. Right. And I just think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's different for everybody. Some people love CrossFit. You know, I'm not the strongest guy. You know, some people want to be that. If you want that for your body, that's great. I wanted to be at a place where I was healthy and I would live long enough for my kids and for my wife. I didn't want to develop diabetes and have heart conditions. And and I just wanted to, to stay around for a long time. And so for me, this works. I I don't think that... Everybody could have the time to walk their dog four times a day, you know, but some people, yeah, going to the gym every day is the thing. But for me, this is, it works perfect. And I've been able to keep the weight off. I got to admit, I feel guilty. I'm like a super helicopter dad with my, with my dog. I don't have kids. I just have her. And I yeah. thought like I was the super dad because I'm, you know, 30 minutes a day. I promised her 30 minutes a day. And here you are four times a day for 20, 30 minutes. I need to step up my game. So, so hopefully my dog's not listening right now. Oh man, it doesn't help. <laughs> my dog is, guy. we were talking to her and my dog is terrible. So she definitely <laughs> needs a lot. She is a Raider Swiss mountain dog mixed with a white lab and she just got the bad traits from both those dogs. <laughs> she's, a, she's a nightmare. My wife can't stand her, but I love her. I, love her. I can't get rid of her. Yeah, yeah. Man. you're going to get rid of her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that. Yeah. Oh, they're worth it. They're, they're, I, I like dogs better than people most days. Yeah, yeah. I like people. Yeah, I like people, too. <laughs> digging a hole digging a big old hole yeah oh man so both of you guys have lost a bunch of weight yeah. do you often think about that the difference i mean do you just when you see yourself in the mirror do you just like yeah you do like, yeah you're well, looking all right my friend i do <laughs> i for a while and i didn't look good naked but i would go up and i would tell man i look great naked now you know <laughs> just and i was still like six, 60 pounds heavier it didn't look good i think i've told you that before <laughs> did you lose so much weight that you had like skin issues like the skin needed to shrink up i have some weird like skin like it's not at the point where i needed like skin surgery 
or anything, which I'm grateful for. My skin was pretty elastic. It's probably not like normal skin. I have some areas where, you know, I definitely lost a lot of weight. And so there was uh, just some reshaping, but there's, I don't know if a surgery in the future will be needed. Meredith talked to me about it. I don't have like crazy, just like what they call aprons. They call that for people who lose a lot of weight. Or like fat bastard in the Austin Powers. Yeah. Or they call it the fat bastard. <laughs> it's a scientific no, I, name. I didn't get it. That's the Mike Myers character. I didn't get it, but I'm close, you know, but I could, I don't know if there's some kind of reconstruction or what. I only, like, if I'm standing, you'd never know, uh, other than maybe some stretch marks. But if I get up, like, in a push-up position, then it'll hang down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I'm like, looks, oh, God, yeah. I would never do push-ups naked in front of someone. Yeah. But if I'm standing, I look Well, great. there's really not a big reason or demand for top. that. Naked yeah. except a tank top, <laughs> then you'd be awesome, man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, you know, honestly, people ask me that all the time, you know. And the end of the, the day, who cares? Right. I feel better. I have more energy. I'm fit. I'm strong. I can do things. I yeah. have confidence. Yeah. So if anybody's worried about that, I think that's the least thing to be worried about. Do you have uh so it's been eight years you've kept the weight off, correct? Yeah. Do you ever That's awesome. Does it ever just seem like less of a big deal now? Is this the new normal for you or do you still have that sense of like I can't go back to the... So if I get into like a couple of weeks of cheats, like we talked about before I do that, you know, twice a year I try and do a detox. Mm-hmm. I'll start go. I could see it come back on pretty quick. And I'll start to get nervous and I go, I can't go back. I can't go back. Uh, or if I have like a, a small injury that's keeping me from um, my usual work routine, workout routine, I, I start to panic a little because I don't ever want to go back. And I don't think I ever will. But um, how long did it take you to lose all the weight? And then how long did it take you, Adam? People can't see me pointing. Yeah, Yeah. it was a very aggressive point. (laughs) You. How long did it take you, Brandon, to lose weight? It's a funny question because at first I just lost a ton of any kind of weight and I lost a lot of lean muscle tissue while running. I mean, that's when I dropped the 84 pounds. But then I put on about 22 pounds of muscle, something like, and looked way better. I was kind of skinny fat. But but that period, probably two two years, something like that. It was one to two pounds a week. And then putting on the 22 pounds of muscle took another probably two and a half years of dedicated strength training, learning about protein and nutrition. Because at first I knew nothing about nutrition. I just knew if I ran, I could eat whatever I want and I'm still going to lose weight. Yeah. And uh, that was part of, you know, I had a running addiction. It, 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 uh, actually, you know what? My, I was married too and, and divorced. I think a good part, uh, aside from my charming personality, uh, of that divorce was all the time and effort uh, I sp- in addiction I had with running because we would have weekends together because I was living in another city teaching and we were only together for the weekend. I would spend an entire Sunday doing my long run. I forgot where we're going with this. <laughs> he said, I was just oh, asking how long He was it. just pointing. And I was just randomly pointing angrily yeah. Yeah. to speak. A- angrily pointing. But so you were saying how long it took to lose the weight. Yeah, yeah. so two and a half to lose the weight, two and a half more to get my body to look the way I wanted. Yeah. Adam, it was fast for you, wasn't it? It was like a year. Yeah, it was like a year. Well, it was honestly like 10 pounds a month. And so it was a year, a year and a couple months maybe completely. And then it just stopped. I mean, I maybe got down to 160, 165, something like that. But right now, I weighed myself this morning. I was 168, you know? It's crazy, though. I'll lose, like, four pounds overnight. 
I don't know what's going on at night. I'll lose four pounds, man. You just wake up and well, yeah. sleepwalk for like Tell me about all that. Night. Why am I losing weight at night? Yeah. You know. Yeah, so your body uh, is doing all kinds of repair and your metabolism can be pretty active while you sleep. So so you're probably burning a good bit of calories. In fact, they did a lot of studies. What burns more fat, spin class or sleeping? <laughs> and actually the group uh, that increased the amount of REM sleep they were having would lose more weight than the group actually exercised. It's pretty wild. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah, but you could fluctuate. I would fluctuate up to eight pounds a day uh, yeah. when I was a runner. Uh, so, I, you know, within a 24-hour period. So, you know, if you've drinking, if you've eaten, as your body is repairing itself. If I mean, you're wet in the bed. If you're wet in the bed, you know, you, know, you could lose yeah. a good half a pound. <laughs> kinds of reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, probably a year. Under under a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. I'm looking. I'm, see, I I didn't really know what you looked like before before now, and and I just can't picture it. Is it oh, it's weird. Cool? I I don't. Can I say? I I'm gonna say it. I looked like a lesbian, like a big lesbian. <laughs> oh my God. I wore a lot of plaid. We might cut and, this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just had very pretty feminine features. Yeah. I definitely had the man boobs thing going on. Boobs. So yeah. You so can fun. Cut that. Go ahead, Joe. No, I didn't, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> so, so quick, uh, quick thing with uh, man boobs, uh, officially termed uh, gynecomastia. Uh, typically, that's an estrogen thing, and uh, we get that from beer. So, so beer contain can contain a lot of estrogen and contribute to to man boobs. Oh, yeah. So that's why. Yep, soy things. That's like right. That. I stored my beer. <laughs> yep. Uh, sometimes artificial sweeteners, things like that, huh. aspartame. But yeah, so so avoiding those kinds of things and the man boobs can go away unless that's your thing. <laughs> unless that's your thing. So it's a small crowd out there. <laughs> awesome, man. Who am I to judge? <laughs> oh man. So you probably kind of answered some of these, but do you feel like you've tried some shortcuts for transformation in the past that didn't pan out in the long run? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, well, I guess, you know, I, I would try to limit my consumption of alcohol. I guess that's a shortcut. As opposed to saying, hey, I have a problem and I need to cut it out. Right. I would try to limit it. I would say, all right, well, only from this time to this time on this day. You know, on Fridays, only on the weekends I'll drink. And it was hard. It didn't work, you know. With my weight stuff, I you know, there was a time where I would try to our seats are very close together, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. You I mean, eight years ago, we would have taken up this whole room. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> With the weight stuff, you know, I would go into spurts where I would just say, all right, I'm sick of this, right? I'm sure you experienced that. And you would just go all out and you would think, all right, I'm going to eat healthy. And you don't see it after two days and you give up. You know, I did that a million times. It's, uh, with, for me, for spirituality, with just taking time, I would go a week and say, all right, well, I'm a different person now. I'd try to act different. I'd try to be kind. And it just didn't work. It was an overall change for me when you finally get to the point where you just say you've had enough. And for me, like I said, it takes some kind of outside influence most of the time. It's hard to do on your own. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and and it's interesting what you're saying about you know two days of of staying on it and then you don't see the results. Yeah. And and a lot of my clients would get frustrated. And uh, when you're talking about hormonal change and resetting the metabolism, sometimes weight loss is the last thing to change. But underneath, by a lot, you know, physiologically, the changes are happening. Mm-hmm. Estrogen levels are balancing, insulin levels are normalizing, and then they give up because they didn't see the the number change on the scale. Uh, in fact, I just lost a client because you know she tried a couple new things for one week and she said, "Well, I didn't really see a difference." And <laughs> she got frustrated. Yeah. She's like, "I'm going to take a break." And it happens. And have, but it, but these things do take consistency in a long time. Yeah. So so if you're consistent with the changes, even if the first thing you see isn't weight loss, there are things changing. Yeah. For sure. All right. Next question. Next question, qu- man. Yeah. So. What processes or strategies do you wish uh, you would have put in place sooner and why? I don't know if there was one thing that, like I said, it's an overall thing. I don't know if like changing one thing or I I feel like for me, it was such a, it was such a combination of stuff. I'm putting my hands together to show a weave with my (laughs) fingers for those of you that can't see me. And they're, they're, they're coming together, and it's complete now. It was such a combination of stuff. I don't know if any one thing or one aspect that I did to have life, you know, if I didn't have the spiritual change, if I wasn't making sure that I woke up to spend time for me, you know, treat yourself. That's how I treat myself. <laughs> uh, if I didn't do one thing, I don't know if this would have worked. And so... To change one aspect early on, I don't think it would have been beneficial. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now, actually, when you started talking about your day, you know, I think I was starting to see a pattern of things that daily habits now that are helping, like the Bible study, getting your mm-hmm. mind right, doing that early in the morning before things get in the way. Yeah. You know, and taking the dog on the walk. So, so it sounds like you already have some habits established and in place. Yeah. So the last question I always ask our guests. Oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And this is talking directly to our listeners. Yeah. What are the top three things you would have somebody change to create a transformation in their lives? What are the top three things you would tell them? Top three things. Uh, Number one, develop boundaries. I had to learn that. I still suck at it sometimes. And there's some people in my life that I just let have a pass and just say, all right, well, They've earned it, whether it's family or other people, but developing boundaries is a huge thing. There's actually a book out there called Boundaries. I don't know who wrote it. It's like an old book. Boundaries. We can link, link that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put yeah. it. Yeah, it's a great book. It just talks about basically there's some life suckers out there and just respecting yourself and creating time for yourself. My wife is big into it, and she's right all the time when she brings it up. It's not being rude. It's just about creating time for yourself. So developing boundaries is the number one transformation. I think it's a huge struggle for people. I would say that, and this can be a little bit odd for me to say because people that know me right now know that I I eat pretty poorly, but there was a large portion of, of time for me where I ate really healthy. I would say make some replacements. I think as, as Americans, we eat way too much. We eat way too much crap. Find some healthy alternatives out there. There's celery is actually really good. Like it may not be <laughs> celery for you, yeah. but there's baby carrots. Have you ever tried those little like sweet pea pods? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Like those. Eat something like that. Get hooked yeah. on something healthy like yeah. that. 
Because there are some super edamame. Like, get get hooked on that and develop some changes in your eating habits. Whether it's, like, late-night snacks. I don't know. Just pop your own popcorn and do it the healthy way. But start just thinking about ways. Because if you're a parent out there, you have kids that are going to develop these issues. And they may not have the self-control with some of the stuff that you do. And it may be detrimental to them. If you're not a parent, you you might be a parent one day. So, you know, develop these issues now so that you can teach your kids. But it's, I, I would say the second one would be uh, food habits. And the third one for me, I think is super important, is just spirituality. Finding something. It may not be reading the Bible for you. But taking time and, and finding some, there's it, there's a huge aspect of knowing yourself and for me, I definitely believe there's something else out there. But investigate for yourself. Don't be a dull person when it comes to that. You know, don't be one of those people that just say, uh, I don't care. Like, transform yourself in that way. Because it it creates, number one, you'll be able to have conversations better. But you'll be able to understand yourself a lot more. So I would say transform yourself spiritually. Uh, that's great advice. Just while I'm thinking about it, some of the replacements, uh, maybe you don't like celery by itself, but I like goat cheese on celery. Yeah. Remember frogs on, well. Uh, Ants on a log? Yeah, but honestly, it should be called frogs on a log. (laughs) Look, they, if you look at the size of the log, ants aren't that big. (laughs) Frogs rhyme, and they look more like frogs, right? Frogs on a log, yeah, yeah. We're going to start a campaign. Right? Frog on a log. Frogs on Change a log. Mind. Make me a shirt. <laughs> I'm just oh saying. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Oh, and since it's the holiday season, Michael Buble came out of his cave, so mm. it's the holiday season. I actually found a pretty darn healthy, not necessarily healthy, but eggnog. Yeah. It's, it's a brand called Califia Farms. and Not like Wiz Khalifa, but... <laughs> That's not healthy. <laughs> but it's almond milk. It's only got eight grams of sugar, which is absurd for eggnog. There's no corn syrup, no carrageenan, no vegetable oil. No, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Mm. And it tastes solid. It tastes like a solid eggnog. Cool. So Awesome. Yeah, that, that was my two cents. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, lots of other good ideas. But you know what I found is any unhealthy food, I can make it healthy. Yeah. And what I've started to do is like my favorite sauces and things, I'll look on the back, I'll snap a photo of the ingredient list, and I'll just replace the ones I don't like. Like if it has yeah. corn syrup or vegetable oil, I'll replace the corn syrup with either stevia or cane sugar, which is better than corn syrup. And instead of the um, vegetable oil, I'll switch it out with coconut oil or olive oil. And even desserts. I mean, there, there's nothing I found yet that I can't recreate healthier. And there's so many good options out there now. So so it's not like you have to give up all the foods. Like, I love chicken wings. Love them. Yeah. And What do you the, replace the chicken wings with? Well, I still buy chicken, chicken wings. Chicken wings. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but instead of, you know, frying them in vegetable oil, uh, I'll, I'll mix olive oil and Frank's Red Hot Sauce. I'll make buffalo wings. They're amazing. Okay. So good. That's a good idea. Uh, 100% approved. Nothing cool. bad in them. But, but you can recreate anything if you just take, you know, 10 seconds to do a, a quick Google search. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your life experiences and being so open yeah. and your humor. And, and I think our listeners will get a lot out of this episode. Great. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. This was fun. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. 
Also, be sure to follow us on social media.